The trial of Freedom Convoy organizers Tamara Leach and Chris Barber commenced on Tuesday morning in an Ottawa courthouse. A retired army commander says climate change warrants a new disaster relief force. Despite the shutdown of the illegal Roxham Road border crossing, the number of asylum and refugee claimants entering Canada has surged. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, September 6th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The trial of Freedom Convoy organizers Tamara Leach and Chris Barber commenced on Tuesday morning in an Ottawa courthouse. Leach and Barber have been charged with mischief, obstructing police, counseling others to commit mischief, and intimidation. The trial will be held in person only, without the option for proceedings to be viewed virtually. Crown attorney Tim Radcliffe intends to submit over 100 exhibits in the trial including dozens of videos, photos, and letters from the Freedom Convoy protest, which took place in February 2022 and lasted for almost three weeks. The court will call 22 witnesses throughout the trial, including Ottawa's former mayor, Jim Watson, as well as police and other city officials. Leach and Barber attended with their lawyers in the first row of seats, and the courtroom had a crowd of some 50 supporters, lawyers, and news reporters. A small crowd of supporters holding signs welcomed Leach outside the courthouse as she entered the building. Leach and Barber were involved in the original group that organized a convoy of trucks and other vehicles to drive to Ottawa to call for an end to COVID-19 public health mandates that were in place at the time. The protest inspired many other demonstrations throughout the country and even internationally until the Liberal government invoked the use of the Emergencies Act giving police special powers to move in and clear the protest. It was the first time that the act had ever been used since it was first passed in 1988, and it included the ability to freeze the bank accounts of protesters. Leach and Barber were both arrested on the evening that the Trudeau government declared a national emergency under the act, which approved special powers for police to make the arrests and begin forcibly removing protesters from the streets. Barber was immediately released on bail, however Leach remained in jail for a total of 49 days before being finally granted bail. First of all, I think it's crazy that there are even charges in the first place and they're holding a trial for what amounted to be essentially a large block party in Canada's capital. I mean, if we roll back to last year, Tamara Leach is held in jail without bail and today we've seen criminals who were suspected of committing heinous crimes being released within days of arrest. I mean, we just saw that in Ontario with that couple uh, and the daycare center who were suspected of allegedly human trafficking, yet they're out on bail able to enjoy their freedom. It really seems like this is the politicization of the justice system in Canada. Leach and Barber upset a lot of people in government. They upset the Liberals, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, 
And this seems like their punishment, essentially, for opposing the mandates during the pandemic. What are your thoughts on this, Lindsay? Cosman, I think there are so many other people like me who look at this whole situation and are just baffled because we look at Tamara Leach and Chris Barber and the other organizers of the Freedom Convoy, and we think that they are positive Canadian icons. We think that they did a great deal of good for this country, and they freed us from mandates. And so the fact that they are being charged with crimes is unthinkable. And, you know, in my view, they, you know, Tamara Leach started this fundraiser that garnered millions of dollars to distribute among the truckers, and that money was taken away from them. So, you know, in my view, they were wronged. You know, Tamara Leach and the organizers of the Freedom Convoy, they were wronged. Uh, it, it's not the other way around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it didn't only harm Leach and, and the other organizers here. Those mandates harmed millions of unvaccinated Canadians who were not able to fly within their own country, to fly out of their country. They weren't able to get on a federally regulated train. So much of the uh, legacy media conversation around this trial omits and completely obscures what was happening in Canada. We had a huge swath of people who were essentially trapped. Some of their day-to-day -day activities were completely altered. They weren't able to go to restaurants, and that's being totally ignored. Cosman, perhaps you remember back in the fall of 2020, November, December of 2020, and Adam Skelly of Adamson Barbecue, he was opening up his restaurant despite lockdowns. And, you know, we saw video footage of, I remember, you know, RCMP officers coming in with horses and it, it, it was a whole debacle. He had his restaurants shut down. There was a $50,000 bail for him. And I remember thinking at the time, back in the fall of 2020, you know, okay, finally the jig is up. Finally, the lockdowns are going to be over. And everyone realizes this is ridiculous and it's going to be over. Thank you, Adam Skelly. But actually, it took another year and a bit until the Freedom Convoy, until finally we could say the jig is up, or at least that was in progress. A retired army commander has advised the Canadian government to launch an agency that would be specifically dedicated to responding to natural disasters throughout the country, citing the impact of climate change. On Thursday, retired Lieutenant General Andrew Leslie told CBC News that Canadians are being put at risk by the fact that Canada does not have a task force that is devoted to helping with disasters like wildfires, floods, and evacuations. Leslie believes that such a task force should be built into or adjunct to the Canadian Armed Forces as soon as possible, so long as it can get the proper funding it needs without putting any added stress onto Canadian troops. Provinces are ultimately responsible for managing environmental emergencies. However, the CAF have been deployed multiple times over the past several months to aid provinces like Quebec, Alberta, and now BC, in their emergency management following the province's requests to do so. The Royal Canadian Air Force were also of great help in evacuating residents from the recent wildfires in the Northwest Territories. Cosman, when a lot of individuals in Canada talk about the wildfire season we had this year, they'll bring this up as an example of climate change. However, we know that actually, for example, as of late June of this year, all 46 wildfires on Vancouver Island, for instance, were human caused. And I mean that in the sense of they were caused by cigarettes, 
sparks from things like ATVs or vehicles or even arson. So we know that climate change isn't the only factor that causes wildfires in Canada. So what are other concerns with this relief force? Well, first of all, Lieutenant General Andrew Leslie should know more than anybody else the absolute state of Canada's military. It's underfunded, it's under-equipped, and it's undermanned. And I'll get back to that point, but secondly, I also think that the Canadian military functionally also does this. They do respond to disaster relief, and local organizations like search and rescue operations are set up for this exact reason. But to go back, I just don't understand how this lieutenant general can look at the current state of the military and the stories that are coming out, you know, including Canadian Armed Force members on foreign missions in Latvia having to buy their own equipment because what the Canadian military is providing them is not up to par. So where does Lieutenant General Leslie think we can get the political wherewithal and the funding required with the current government to equip such a force, hypothetically? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it's realistic. And I think the military has some very serious, integral, structural problems it has to address first before it goes off to become some climate change fighting task force. I mean, you know, the climate change and floods and stuff are, are sad to see, but the military's main purpose here is to defend the country and to fight battles where Canadians' lives are at risk. The number of asylum and refugee claimants entering Canada has surged despite the government's decision to shut down the illegal Roxham Road border crossing. Despite a dip in the number of people crossing into Canada illegally after Ottawa amended its safe third country agreement with the United States, crossings have exploded. According to the data, 12,010 asylum seekers came to Canada via airports or by illegally crossing the land border. That figure is the highest it's been since January 2017. In March alone, another 10,120 asylum seekers arrived in Canada. At least a third of those were migrants who flew to Canada and made refugee claims upon arrival. Among the locations asylum seekers are arriving from include Mexico, Turkey, India, Colombia, and Haiti. According to some groups which help refugees make asylum claims, many are arriving in Canada with the help of illegal smugglers and deciding to hide for weeks or months until they make a claim at an immigration office in order to skirt Canada's immigration laws. According to FCJ Refugee Centre in Toronto, up to 30% of arrivals came to Canada using smugglers. Additionally, new asylum claimants are having trouble finding accommodations, and some are even forced out onto the streets or into homeless shelters. Recent data out of Toronto shows that 30% of the population in homeless shelters consisted of refugee and asylum claimants. I'll start off by saying that True North has always covered the Roxham Road issue, and when the government decided to close this illegal border crossing, it was a good thing to do, but I was not under any illusion that this would solve the problem. And here is the data. It's actually made things worse, and we're reaching 
Record levels not seen since 2017. So Lindsay, was this a solution? Was this the right thing to do? Or was it just like a band-aid approach? Well, Cosman, earlier this year on March 24th, 2023, the Trudeau government closed Roxham Road. However, they made a deal with the US government, which they didn't need to do. Our border is ours. We don't need to make any deals with the US. But anyhow, Trudeau made a deal with Biden that in, in exchange for closing Roxham Road, we will take 15,000 migrants from the U.S. And I mean, these are migrants from the Western Hemisphere. They're from Latin America and the Caribbean. They arrived in the U.S. And so Canada has agreed to take 15,000 of them. And Trudeau said at the time, in French through an interpreter, we will increase the number of asylum seekers who we accept from the Western Hemisphere to compensate for closing these irregular crossings. Well, we don't need to compensate for anything. We don't need to be accepting people who are trying to illegally enter the country. But I have tried repeatedly to find out the status of these 15,000 Western Hemisphere migrants who I believe are entering the country right now. I've submitted an A-tip to the government, you know, an access to information request. I've followed up multiple times with the Department of Immigration trying to find out, you know, how many of the migrants are here, um, which communities are they settling in, how much money is going towards this, and I have gotten crickets in response. So I'm not getting any response from them. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. 